today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. You and I still have a great, great responsibility to go over and help our brothers and sisters who have yet to come to that place in the fight in their battles, to stand beside them, to stand before them, to stand around them, to be able to encourage them, to be able to strengthen them, to be able to fight for them and with them. Because not all of us in our journey are where we need to be at this point in time. Some Christians may be more mature in their walk with the Lord, while their brothers and sisters still have battles to fight. Pastor David will teach today that even though the children of Gad, Reuben, and half of the tribe of Manasseh had already arrived in their share of the Promised Land, they didn't get settled. They continued fighting and battling alongside the other tribes until all of them were set. Are you willing to leave your settled land to fight for others in order that they also might have the victory that God has promised to them? Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, Preparing for Victory. about that this last week, about living our lives intentionally and allowing our lives impact the world around us. But the only time that we're going to really and truly impact the world around us is when we're walking in obedience, and then we start seeing the victory, and then we start seeing a boldness within us to live and to speak the very things of Christ, and to be able to share then the truth of Christ living us. You know the reason that most believers don't share their faith with other people? Let me back this up. Let me bring it real personal. You know the reason why most of you don't share your faith with other people? It's because you're not walking in the fullness of the victory that God has for you. Because you're afraid that in the battles that you've had, the strength and the power of what God says he'll do, he may not do in your life. But you know what? When you start seeing that might and you start seeing that power, you start seeing the truth, then that becomes almost a natural outflow of the reality of God in you. And as I shared Sunday, people start realizing that God is truly real when he sees it lived out in his people. This changed the outcome of the battles. They were going to have battles, but it changes the outcome. What then shall we say of these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? There's no weapon that's formed against us that's going to be able to stand. That's the word, that's the promise, that's the hope of the truth of God's word. Verse 10 here will continue on. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days, 
We're going to cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Can you imagine this? Really, stop and think about this for a moment. Can you imagine that a whole generation has passed away? You, you're a youngster. You are under 20, unless you were Joshua and Caleb. You were under 20 or 21 when they came out of Egypt. You've been wandering around the desert for 40 years with the anticipation and the hope that you're going to get into that promised land. You've heard the stories. You've heard the promises. You've heard the anticipation. But for 40 years, for 40 years, 40 years, you've been wandering in the desert. And now he comes up and says, in three days, we're going to go across. In three days. Now, there's got to be an excitement, but there's also got to be some anxiety happening there, too. Because, again, the stories of the giants, the story of the walled cities, the stories of the fierce warriors that are over, that's gone on for 40 years as they've talked, you know, and as they've, they've shared with one another. But now, in three days, they're going to come. <laughs> years later, years later, in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah writes about this. He says, because of the manifold mercies of God, even in the midst of their rebellion, even in the midst of the rebellion of the children of Israel, for 40 years, God did not forsake them in the wilderness. He gave them the pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the road, and the pillar of fire by night to show them light, the way they should go. He also gave a spirit to instruct them and did not withhold his manna from their mouth. He gave them water for their thirst. 40 years, he sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. Amazing. 40 years of wandering and now three days you're going to move in to possess the land of promise. Exciting? Absolutely. Anxious? Positively. Ready and able? (laughs) Only if you go with us, God. Only if you go with us. As we continue on in Joshua 1, we're also going to read about particular instructions that he gives to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh. Look in verse 12. And to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the Lord which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives and your little ones and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. That's on the eastern side, okay? That's on the, in essence what we would think of as the wilderness side. These three tribes had a possession on that land. But he continued on, he says, But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you, and they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. We read about this exchange between these three different tribes and Moses back in Numbers chapter 32. And you can keep your place there. Flip back to Numbers chapter 32. Because again, you're not going to understand what's going on unless you understand what happened with these three tribes. 
I'm going to read through it uh, without a whole lot of commentary. But in essence, you need to understand that here, before they've crossed over the Jordan, they're still on the wilderness side. The tribes of Gad and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh, their flocks had continued to grow. They had gotten a large amount of livestock at the northern end of this area, actually kind of on the northern end of the Jordan River, not too far from the Sea of Galilee and up beyond that. They had found great grazing land for all of their livestock. And so they had went to Moses and said, hey, we just want to stay here. It's not that we're afraid to go over. We've just got all this livestock here. Can we just settle down here and build homes here? Listen to what it says in chapter 32 of the book of Numbers. Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of livestock. And when they saw the land of Jaser and the land of Gilead, that indeed the region was a place for livestock, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spoke to Moses, to Eleazar the priest and to the leaders of the congregation, saying that uh, all of these cities and the country which is the Lord defeated before the congregation of Israel is a land of livestock, and your servants have livestock. Therefore, they said, if we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants as a possession. Do not take us over the Jordan. Now, there's a lot of messages I think that you could pull out of that head. You can kind of stretch it in a spiritual sense and saying, well, they're not willing to go over into the promised land, the promise of the fullness of the Spirit. They want to stay in the wilderness area. But I'm not even going to go there because I see what's going on here with these three tribes. They see a place that's going to work out for them in a just in a real and a natural sense. So let's leave it at that for right now. Let's go on and look. He says, don't take us over the Jordan. Verse 6, and Moses said to the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, shall your brother go to war then while you sit here? Now why will you discourage the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord has given them? Thus your fathers did when I sent them away from Kadesh Barnir to the land. For when they went up to the valley of Eskel and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel so that they did not go into the land which the Lord had given them. So the Lord's anger was aroused on that day, and he swore an oath, saying, Surely none of the men who came up from Egypt from twenty years old and above shall see the land for which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me, except Caleb, the son of Jephenuel, and the Genesite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. So the Lord's anger was aroused against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness forty years, until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord is gone. And look, now you've risen in your father's place, a brood of sinful men, to increase still more the fierce anger of the Lord against Israel. For if you turn away from following him, he will once again leave them in the wilderness and you will destroy all these people. Then they came near to him and said, no, we will build sheepfolds here for our livestock and cities for our little ones. But we ourselves will be armed. We're ready to go before the children of Israel until we have brought them to their place and, to our, and our little ones will dwell in the fortified cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return to our homes until every one of the children of Israel has received his inheritance, for we will not inherit with them on the other side of the Jordan and beyond, because our inheritance has fallen to us on this eastern side of the Jordan. He said, they're saying, no, 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 we're not saying we don't want to go. We're, we'll go, we'll fight with them. 
but we want to live over here. We're not saying let's not move into what God has promised us, but what we're saying is we'll go and we'll help everyone find their place and fight for it, but we're going to stay here. Uh, We're going to build homes here. We're going to leave our families and our livestock here. Then we will go over and fight. All of our strong men, all of our men of valor will go over and fight. So verse 20, then Moses said to them, If you do this thing, if you arm yourselves before the Lord for war, and all your armed men cross over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven out his enemies from before him, and the land is subdued before the Lord, then afterward you may return and be blameless before the Lord and before Israel, and this land shall be your possession before the Lord. But if you do not do so, then take note. You've sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Build cities for your little ones and folds for your sheep, and do what has proceeded out of your mouth. So then verse 25, So the children of Gad and the children of Reuben spoke to Moses, saying, Your servants will do as my Lord commands. Our little ones and our wives and our flocks and all of our livestock will be there in the cities of Gilead. But your servants will cross over every man armed for war before the Lord to battle, just as my Lord says. So Moses gave command concerning them to Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Dun and to the chief fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel. And Moses said to them, If the children of Gad and the children of Reuben cross over the Jordan with you, every man armed for battle before the Lord and the land is subdued before you, then you shall give them the land of Gilead as a possession. But if they do not cross over armed with you, they shall have possessions among you in the land of Canaan. Then the children of Gad and the children of Reuben answered, saying, As the Lord has said to your servants, so we will do. We'll cross over armed before the Lord into the land of Canaan, but the possession of our inheritance shall remain with us on this side of the Jordan. Verse 33, so Moses gave to the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, the kingdom of Shion, king of the Amorites, the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, and the land with all its cities within the borders and the cities of the surrounding country. And the children of Gad built Dibon and Ataroth and Erar and Athroth and Sophon and some other cities along there and the fortified cities and folds for the sheep. In verse 37, and the children of Reuben built Heshbon and, and some other cities there, and names being changed and all. And they gave other names to the cities which they built. In verse 39, and the children of Makar, the son of Manasseh, went to Gilead and took it and disposed the Amorites who were in it. So Moses gave Gilead to Makar, the son of Manasseh, and he dwelt in it. Also Jair, the son of Manasseh, went and took it small towns and called them Havoth Jair. Then Nebah went and took Canaan and its villages, and he called it Nobah, after his own name. So we get through all the names. I started to say Eloy and Stanfield and a few others, but I just figured uh, area names. So we see what's taking place here. And you need to understand that the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they weren't slackers. They weren't saying, hey, we don't want this. We don't want to go any further. This is too hard and I just can't do it anymore. I'm just going to stay in the wilderness. No, they said, we'll go out and we'll fight the battle. Well, we see right here a great place for us to be. So bearing that in mind, understanding that, that Moses had told him, okay, if you go out and you fight and you help every, all the other tribes to gain their land, then you can have your possession on this side. Now we go back into Joshua chapter one, verse 16. So they answered Joshua saying, 
All that you command us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. You see, this is the message of the children of Gad and and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh. We're going to do what we said we're going to do. In verse 18, whoever rebels against your command does not heed your words, and all that you commanded him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. I like that one more time. They tell Joshua, be strong, be of good courage. What we have here, I think, is another principle that I want to leave you with. The tribes here of Reuben and of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they came to that point, they came to that place in their journey where they felt that this is where God wants me to settle down somewhat. Not that all the battles were finished because we know that there's still battles that they have to do in order to secure all of these cities. There's still battles that are going to be there. They still had to fight even though their land was on the eastern side of the Jordan. However, they were able to start building stability in their lives and in the lives of their families. And yet there was still a call by God on their lives to assist their brothers in the fight, as again, the rest of the tribes sought to gain control over the promise of God for their own lives. God had promised them rest on the far side of the Jordan, but they still needed to assist their brothers in their battles. Some of you tonight, you've come to places in your Christian walk. One thing I do know, it doesn't matter how long you're a Christian, chronology in the Christian life doesn't matter. I've seen mature believers after a year or two being believers. And I've seen immature babies who've been believers for 20 or 30 years. So let's just knock that off, okay? Let's, we'll just lay that aside. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is some of you are mature believers. You're strong in the Lord. Doesn't mean you still don't have battles, but your battles are probably different than the ones that are younger and still strong. There is a consistency you know in your life. It doesn't mean that you don't ever once in a while fail and then foul up and fall. It just means that there is a maturity, there's a steadfastness in your life. The thing that I get out of this is if you're in that place, you and I still have a great, great responsibility to go over and help our brothers and sisters who have yet to come to that place in the fight in their battles, to stand beside them, to stand before them, to stand around them, to be able to encourage them, to be able to strengthen them, to be able to fight for them and with them. Because not all of us in our journey are where we need to be at this point in time. Amen? And I don't care, even the most mature of us, we've not arrived. And if you think you've arrived, you've got a longer way to go than what you think. Because even the Apostle Paul says, man, I don't count that I've apprehended it. But what did he say? This one thing I do. I continue to press on toward that high call of Christ Jesus. So we're all in journey. But I know that some of us are more mature than others. Some of us are further ahead in the journey. That doesn't mean that as we're walking, well, look at him. Oh, look at her. Well, she ought to be as mature as I am. She ought to be in Christ the way that I'm in Christ. Have I told you how good I am in Christ? You know? No, that's not the attitude that we need to have. What we need to do is we need to stop and say, hey, brother, hey, sister, I see you're struggling in that area. I want to walk that journey with you. 
I want to encourage you. I want to come around you. I want to support you. Let me introduce you to somebody over here. Hey, the two of us, why don't the three of us come together? Why don't we come together? Why don't we encourage each other? Some I know minister out at uh, the Home of Hope, mentoring, working with the gals down there, and you've done that for a while. What a great opportunity that is, because one of the things I do know uh, is that the more you go in and you teach others or you encourage others, the more you grow yourself. I look at the children of Gad and of Reuben, the half-tribe of Manasseh, and I think, you've come to a good point in life. You're not fighting the same old battles. And I look at these and say, yeah, it would be really easy to just kind of sit back on your haunches and say, man, ain't life grand. And all the while we look and we see brothers and sisters, young in the Lord, who, or who are fighting battles that maybe we haven't fought, dealing with strongholds in their lives that may not have been a stronghold in your life, dealing and, and battling with addictions in their life that may have never had an issue in your life. But brothers and sisters, we need to be those who come alongside one another. We need to be those who are willing to cross over into a land. Hey, man, I've never dealt with addictions in my life, but you know what? I'm going to come over and I'm going to help you through this one. I've never had that kind of a stronghold in my life. I've had my own battles, but I've never had that giant in my life. Well, let me come over here and, and help you fight that giant with you. That's what I see God shows us. Now, as we go on through here, we're going to see some other things with these tribes of Gad and Reuben and Manasseh. But when I look at this, and as I was studying, I thought, you know what? It is the reality and the truth of who we are in Christ. There is a promise that awaits every one of us as believers. I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about the victorious Christian life right here while we walk in this ground. Time where the old battles, man, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I walk away from that in Jesus' name. I'm not there anymore. I've gotten victory over that. Oh, listen, I'm not going to let down my guard. No, 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 no. I'm not going to be foolish about it. But at the same time, you've been able to mature. You've been able to walk forward. And in that walking forward and in that strength, the willingness to be able to then grab the brother's hand or grab a sister's hand and to be an encouragement. You might only be a step or two ahead of them. But you know what? You can still be an encouragement to them. You can still be that way. Are you willing to come alongside other brothers and other sisters? Coming out of your own comfort zone. You're, you're leaving my, you know, I, man, I've got this city. I've got the corrals. I've got everything over here and everything's fine. Am I willing to leave out of my own comfort zone, away from my own settled land, to stand up and fight with those that are still have battles in front of them in order that they too might be able to have the victory, the victory that's been promised to them. My hope and prayer is as we look through the book of Joshua and we see the message of Joshua here, as we say, yeah, there's battles all over us. But our God is great. He is mighty. He is strong. He is able to defeat and bring down the enemy. And when we walk in obedience is when we see that victory. You walk in disobedience, well, you'll see a few AIs in your life, and we'll get to that one. Open our hearts, changes from within by the open word.
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. David will continue teaching through the book of Joshua next time. Now, we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to theopenword.com. You can also subscribe to The Open Word podcast at theopenword.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes store. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to theopenword.com and subscribe to The Open Word podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and to access the archive of messages, log on to theopenword.com. Now, here's Tracy with information about how you can help partner with us. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that the open word is a missionary work? It is. We need your support as we share God's word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word. Go to theopenword.com and click on the support option in the main menu. Thanks, Tracy. We invite you to join us again for the next study as David shares insights with us from the book of Joshua. That's next time on The Open Word. Make us more.